0: This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins.
1: It's that time of year when the holiday calories begin to creep up and add up on us. You know from the big Thanksgiving meal to all the holiday meals and parties in between. Well, we're going to show you some healthy ways to enjoy the holidays without giving up all your favorites. And what about all those leftovers? When is it time to let go and toss them out? Plus, the 10 foods to avoid at those upcoming holiday parties. It's all straight ahead on Prescription for Life. Welcome to Prescription for Life, I'm Monica Robbins. The centerpiece of the Thanksgiving celebration for many families across the United States is the feast, a spread of turkey surrounded by an array of side dishes and all those delicious desserts. It's no wonder some of us end up in a food coma after a meal but it doesn't have to be that way. Our Cleveland Clinic expert shows us some ways to enjoy the holidays without piling on unwanted calories and things we can add in and swap out. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, once the annual meal is finished, a question families face is what to do with the leftovers, eat them or throw them out. Brandon Lewis with our national verify team checks it out.
2: Thanksgiving was a time to come together, give thanks, and eat way too much turkey. In fact, most people don't eat everything on the dinner table, with the National Resources Defense Council estimating 200 million pounds of turkey will end up in the trash. So it's no surprise a top trending question on Google is about leftovers. But let's verify. Are leftovers safe to eat all weekend? Our sources are the USDA, the Mayo Clinic, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and a postdoctoral associate of food safety at Virginia Tech, who explains the time to think about storing leftovers starts almost immediately after Thanksgiving dinner is served. Right away would be ideal. But you know, if if possible, within two hours, you want to refrigerate those leftovers, especially making sure to break down any larger pieces of meat. Duong says it's okay to put food that's still hot in the refrigerator. If properly stored, the Mayo Clinic says leftovers will hold for three to four days. So it's true. Leftovers are safe to eat all weekend if properly stored. Anything longer, and the USDA warns dangerous levels of bacteria start to grow. The CDC says cases of food poisoning caused by Clostridium, which grows in cooked foods, peak around the holidays. Many outbreaks are tied back to turkey, roast beef, and other leftovers. So if you don't think you can eat the leftovers by Monday, consider portioning it out and freezing some right away. A freezer is sort of like a a win-win situation where you sort of are able to keep food at that peak freshness for a lot longer compared to a, a refrigerator. With your Verify, I'm Brandon Lewis.
1: Now to our registered dietitian to help us indulge without overindulging and her dynamic leftover recipe to avoid wasting food. Joining me now is Julia Zapano, a registered dietitian with Cleveland Clinic and you're in a different department than we would normally think of. What department are you in?
0: So I work for the Center for Human Nutrition, specifically cover preventive cardiology. So almost everybody
1: at one of your holiday parties is likely going to be dealing with heart disease because it is so incredibly common. So healthy holiday meals, very, very, very important. So I'm gonna throw a bunch of questions at you because I know a lot of people have this. So let's start with, we'll say Thanksgiving. Sure. I've always heard that you should always eat the white meat because it's healthier than the dark meat. Is that
0: true? So white meat does have less saturated fat. So in that sense, it is a better source of you know, lean protein. Dark meat can be infiltrated here and there a little bit, but we do want to stick to leaner protein sources. Okay. But one is not healthier than the other, right? I don't like to use the word healthier because I think, you know, all foods can fit, but if you're looking at how much, what you want to consume more of, the white meat is going to have less, less fat than the dark. But the dark meat does add a nice flavor and, and it is a little easier to kind of flavor up foods and it has a little more fat, which gives it a more of a, an appeal. So I like to encourage people to mix a little bit of the dark meat in if they find the, the white meat being a little bit too dry. Now, one of the things we always hear is like most people,
1: one plate of Thanksgiving dinner is like 2,000 or more calories. Um, How
0: much turkey we'll start with? Should I actually be eating? So the turkey is what we actually wanna fill our plate with the most because it's high in protein. And again, if you're choosing more of the white meat versus the dark, trying to avoid the skin and the fatty pieces, then you're gonna be filling up on actually lean protein that doesn't have a lot of calories on its own. Of course, what we add to it, like if we are gonna put a gravy on it, that, that changes the dynamic a little bit. But the portion of protein on your plate should be about a quarter of your plate. And in the sense of Thanksgiving, you could even add a little bit more for that extra fullness to help you prevent from overeating other um, side dishes that may be more heavy in carbs and fat and salt. All right, let's talk about those side dishes. Mm-hmm.
1: I love the candied yams. Mm-hmm. I want to add tons and tons of marshmallows to them. Um, everybody makes them differently, mm-hmm. but sugar is typically, or brown sugar is usually, a uh, you staple. know an ingredient staple. Yeah. For so, sure.
0: how do I make them a little healthier? Yeah. So I really like to encourage minimizing sugar with the main meal because we're going to have so much sugar. Later for dessert and overall through the day. So we want to try to make focus the main meal The main course being as low in sugar or added sugar as possible So the way I make my yams is I just kind of cube them up and put them in a big pot and put uh, apples apple juice or orange juice in them as kind of the base and let them steam in the juice and then I put a ton of spices you know, any, you know, whatever, pumpkin spice, any cinnamon, nutmeg, any of those um, spices that you like, a little bit of salt. And then I usually use a small amount of butter and then olive oil. So I'm using a little bit of butter just to give it a little bit of that taste, but mainly using olive oil when it's all done drizzling on top. And they turn out great. They're very um, moist and they're very naturally sweet on their own. So that's typically the way I make them. I like to maybe to put some um, sliced almonds on top for some crunch. So there's a lot of sliced um, walnuts. Again, that's gonna give you some extra protein, some extra fiber, but you don't need the added sugar. So it's a lot of thinking outside your traditional ways of making these dishes and trying to try new things, but still incorporate the same core food. Okay, so green beans, Mm -hmm. because everybody
1: sees the green beans and they think, okay, I'll be healthy, but um, the way I make that green bean casserole, Mm -hmm. that's probably not as healthy as it should be.
0: Sure. Um, So is there a better way? Absolutely. There's tons of ways to make green beans, and you can steam them and then drizzle olive oil and spices and seasonings on top. I like to saute my green beans because I think they give a little bit more of like a crispy outside and more firm. So the texture is really good when you do it. They're not that mushy green bean consistency sometimes when you get into a casserole. So I like to saute them um, in olive oil and garlic and onion. Um, You can add some tomatoes or canned tomatoes in there and kind of make it like more of a a little stir fry of the green beans. And that will certainly save on a lot of those heavy, creamy additives that you're putting in those casseroles. So a lot
1: of people, you know, they have to have the stuffing that is Mm -hmm. a staple Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving dinner. Is there a healthy way to make stuffing?
0: There's, you can cut some corners with stuffing. You certainly can throw some veggies in there. So I recommend adding a lot of vegetables. You know, people usually add some celery and carrots, but I say double that amount. Double the amount of celery and carrots. Maybe throw some broccoli or cubed up zucchini. So that's a nice way to put some um, extra fiber in there, and hopefully you'll use more vegetables which will limit the amount of bread stuffing you actually put in, so you can actually decrease the amount of bread that you put in there, which will help, um, decreasing the um, amount of butter or oil or whatever fat source you're adding, so that usually can be cut in half and then you could add a little bit extra of your broth. And if you're looking to reduce salt or sodium, you can use a low sodium broth, which can help a lot too. Um, If you use a bone broth, that can add a little bit extra nutrition and protein. So there are a lot of little corners you can cut. Um, One thing you wanna keep in mind, let's say you really want one traditional side. You want it made like it normally is, right? And that's okay, and and it's okay to do that, but just keep in mind your portion. That's where that portion control really comes in. So let's say the stuffing is the one you wanna kinda keep. Grandma's old traditional stuffing recipe, just keep that portion really small and fill up on all the other stuff. That way you don't feel deprived, you get what you want, but you're not overly consuming a tremendous amount of fat or calories. I'm sitting here thinking if I'm adding more vegetables to
1: my stuffing, it's also gonna keep the stuffing moist. Definitely. And you don't have to worry about it drying out, which is horrible.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay,
1: what about gravy?
0: Gravy's a tough one. So, you know, if you can home-make your gravy, that's gonna be better than any, like, store-bought packet or jar of gravy. Um, Just using it in moderation is really key with the gravy. I mean, of course you're gonna have extra fat and salt in there, but using it really in moderation um, or trying to not use it at all, you know, and use other cooking methods where you can keep foods moist. So a lot of the, the times the gravy's on there because the turkey's so dry. Right. But if we can keep that turkey more moist and cook it to um, a, like a, maybe a lower temperature or a little bit less, of course, of course, if it's cooked in proper temperature and like cooked in the middle. But we want to think about ways that we can keep our food more moist naturally through things like broth and oils versus having to drench it with gravy. I want to
1: jump ahead to Christmas quickly, because sure, sure. uh, one of the things that. Um, should I have a Christmas ham or Christmas turkey?
0: So turkey would be a better choice um, because it's lower in sodium and typically lower in fat if you're choosing the leaner cuts of the turkey. So um, ham, again, if you need, you know, if it's a tradition, portion control, sometimes even you'll see that both is served. So you might get a smaller ham and then the, a turkey to a smaller turkey, where you can have you can get away with just having a small piece of ham, and then kind of having more turkey, so you can fill up on a, a little extra protein that way. All right,
1: I'll combine all the desserts. So we have all the Thanksgiving pies, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have all the Christmas cookies, mm-hmm. which in my family comes at the same time typically. Okay. So they plan ahead. Sure. So um, curious, you know. A lot of people are like, I just can't have dessert because I'm trying to watch. Is that mm-hmm. true?
0: I mean, you have to do what's right for you. Everyone you know, reacts to foods differently. So if not eating dessert uh, all in general helps you control your intake and, and works for you and minimizes cravings, then 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 if you have that self control, I mean, go for it. You know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. You're not missing out any nutrients on skipping dessert. Um, You know, certainly doing something like some fruit would be a great idea or like a Greek yogurt with some fruit on top. coming up with maybe a little healthy alternative you can have if you're trying to avoid those traditional heavier desserts. But I don't think there's anything wrong with avoiding it completely. If that's not in your willpower, then maybe picking your favorite, I say, two or three. Right. So you may have 10, 15 to choose from picking your favorite two or three desserts and having a small portion of of those small plate and kind of knowing that that's enough, you know, being able to have some self-control around it is important. Um, A lot of these times, you know, food provides a lot of comfort for us. So the holidays are a comforting time. And, you know, we associate some of this food with comfort. So that can sometimes lead to overeating and overindulgence. Um, So we want to keep and that in mind and, and plan ahead for that, you know, knowing that this is a comforting time and you don't want to take away that comfort, but maybe putting a mindset and a control to it from the very beginning. And the turkey,
1: the tryptophan in the turkey is going to give me a food coma. Um, so your advice, I mean, I know everybody probably goes and sits down and watches football for a mm-hmm. while, mm-hmm. but is there any way to combat or aid digestion to make it a, at least... Yes, I ate 3,000 calories, but what can I do about it?
0: So the the tryptophan in the tuna does affect you to be sleepy, but to be honest, it's really not just the tryptophan. It's mainly—I mean, like if you had a turkey sandwich for lunch, you're not necessarily cocked out, you know. After after just you know can't keep your head up after lunch, but. It's really the, the amount, large amount of food that we're consuming and the large amount of carbohydrates that's really the problem. So what's happening is you're eating, consuming a large amount of calories, all your kind of blood flow and your, your um, body's focusing on digesting that food, which is kind of leaving you a little bit more lethargic and tired. Also, when you have a high carbohydrate meal, that can cause your blood sugar to rise and then it's going to drop pretty quickly from that because you're kind of having a spike and drop because a lot of the times this Thanksgiving meal is what we call simple carbohydrates. They don't have a lot of fiber in them. So, it's also that like little initial spike and then that like lull in your blood sugar, plus the digestion, plus the tryptophan, that's a perfect recipe for an afternoon nap, right? And then sitting in front of the TV, So a couple things you could do is uh, move, right? So any movement's gonna help. So uh, after after dinner, offer to help clean up, you know, so try to keep your body moving upright. That can help if you move even earlier in the day. So trying to get that energy level up from the beginning of the day, even before the meal. So if you can plan a little, um, some activity, like a walk or a hike or a turkey trap, whatever it might be, that's gonna be helpful. Decreasing your portion. So, you know, we're digesting a lot of food. That's taking a lot of our our energy. So if we have a smaller portion, we'll have a less impact on that fatigue that you can experience after the meal. Um, And then uh, lastly, Alcohol. So you want to watch because alcohol is already going to cause that a little bit of that, you know, slight down regulation and energy and maybe feeling more relaxed and more sleepy. So if if you're going to struggle with that, I would definitely limit your alcohol. Drink plenty of fluids if you are going to drink alcohol in between. Um, you mentioned smaller portions mm-hmm.
1: means more leftovers. Yes, and everybody loves Thanksgiving or Christmas leftovers.
0: So, what do we have here? So, this is um, some leftovers from th- from Thanksgiving. Um, I know it's hard. To know what to do with all those leftovers. But this is a breakfast bake that you could make with some of your leftovers. Um, and then, you know, if you're having company stay with you, this is great to make in the morning for like a breakfast or brunch and kind of have out all day and they can snack on, um, which is, is really nice because it uses up a good amount of your leftovers. So uh, we'll start with like some leftover stuffing, which is, you know, you kind of put on the bottom. So fill the bottom of the platter with the leftover stuffing. And then eggs, so you're going to get some extra protein with the eggs. So, you know, the, the recipe calls for up to 12 eggs. You can kind of gauge it on how many people you have as to how many you want to want to add in here. I'll just do a four just to, for the sake of demonstration. I also really like to put extra veggies. So this originally original recipe did not call for that many vegetables. I always sneak in vegetables as many as many times and as often as I can. So the you could throw some shredded carrots inside of okay. can and then some broccoli. So broccoli would be a great addition to this. Um, it cooks and steams well It keeps its, its texture nicely in um, some of these baked meals, as well as of course, we're gonna have a ton of fiber, vitamins and minerals from, from vegetables. They really are what's gonna give us that energy level back too.
1: When do you put the turkey in?
0: So, you put the turkey in, kind of shred it in on top too. Okay. Mix it in. You'll have more eggs, so the eggs will kind of soak up some of this, but you throw the turkey in. And cheese is also something you can add in. You know, I like to leave out cheese unless, you know, you need it just because it does add some extra saturated fat and calories. It does add flavor, but I think there's so much other, so many other ways you can add flavor by adding some fresh garlic or onion, Uh, but you can also just sprinkle the cheese on top, which tends to minimize how much you use versus kind of filling it in, in the dish. So that's kind of what I like to do. So this is kind of get the get the gist, you'll have more eggs. But you pour it all over top, and then you could sprinkle, you know, just a little sprinkling of cheese on top, just kind of looks nice too. When it bakes, some green onion. And then you bake it in the oven and it's done. It's perfect. So bake it, what, on 350 mm-hmm. for? Depending on how much you use, usually it might take about 40, 45 minutes to to be done. Just to make sure the eggs get cooked. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's a great use. You're not kidding. That's a great way to get rid of a lot of leftovers. A lot,
0: yeah. And it's also something easy, like if you have... A neighbor that lives alone, you could always you know, send some over to them. That's another thing you could do with leftovers. If you're overwhelmed by how much food you have and you don't want it all crowding your fridge and you, you worked so hard to make this meal, giving it away is really nice too. Making individual plates and portions or even um, plating them like in a, a Ziploc bag or making your own kind of frozen dinner And saving it for, you know, next week or when when you have a busy week and you, you know, want a home-cooked meal. And how long would that last in the fridge? Uh,
1: That would last about three or four days. Okay. Yeah, three to four days. Yeah, so all you can can put it away, cut it up, and then eat it for breakfast for the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Julia, thank you. Great
0: ideas. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Great ideas to keep in mind, especially with all those holiday parties and gatherings on your schedule. It's hard not to indulge in all the delicious desserts right in front of you, but some can be pretty rich. Our colleagues in Phoenix take a look at the 10 most indulgent foods you might want to ease up on this year. Number one, eggnog. It's the classic holiday drink, but
3: loaded with sugar and fat. Number two, fondue. It should be more like a fondant. Too many carbs and fat. Number three, fried appetizers. Anything deep fried has all kinds of caloric consequences. Number four, fruitcake. This classic dessert is packed with sugar, especially with all the dried fruits. Number five, mulled wine. Way more sugar and calories than a regular glass of Wine. Number six, peanut brittle, packed with refined sugar, butter, and corn syrup. Number seven, pecan pie. Not only is it a high calorie nut, there's also a lot of sugar and butter. Number eight, popcorn tins. They're pretty and tasty, but when the popcorn is coated with butter, caramel, and cheese, you'll pop at the waist. Number nine, candy canes. They're sugar sticks laced with artificial colors and dyes, unless you want to see the dentist eat up. And finally, the Yule log, another traditional treat, but with so much cream and chocolate, you'll be logging more miles on the
1: treadmill. That's all for this edition of Prescription for Life. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Monica Robbins. I'll have another dose for you next week. Until then, wishing you and yours good health. Thank you so much for tuning in to Health Yeah! Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins' channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! With Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios.